<laughs> yes, yes, I'm here. Perfect, 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 perfect. Thank you. First, I want to say thank you for granting me this interview. Um, I couldn't think of another person that I would want to do this interview with, and I'm glad um, you had the availability. Thank you. <laughs> okay. You're welcome. Um, and and it's 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 a let let me say this. You know, it's an honor to. Um, be able to, um, you know, I'm humbled. I'm humbled. So, you know, and thank you. You're so, very welcome. Um, You're very I welcome. You. I want the best of the best. That's Absolutely. that's me. I know you agree. So before we get into our conversation, you know, I got to introduce you to my audience. So, um, you know, let's start with that. Um, audience, okay. uh, this is Tia from the blog Bodacious and Unapologetic. And um, my last episode, which was my first episode, was for Mother's Day. And that was an interview with um, my best friend, Regina, who is a program uh, director for an after-school program. And uh, her, as well as my guest today, we grew up together in Brooklyn. Um, uh, and I don't even have to tell you where Brooklyn is from, audience, because everybody knows Brooklyn is the is the thoroughest borough from New York, in New York City. Um, I mean, would you agree, guess, that uh, Brooklyn is the thoroughest borough? I mean, there's five boroughs, but nobody does it like Brooklyn. Would you say that? I oh, you're talking to me? Yes, oh. yes. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, come on now. Oh, let's not. I mean, <laughs> when it, when it, when it, you know, one one thing I'll say anywhere I travel in the world. Yes. I say where Brooklyn at? Brooklyn yes. is always the the loudest. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. And and you know, just you know, it New York has its own aesthetic, right? But Absolutely. there's just something about I mean, even the words when you say Brooklyn, like you got to <laughs> say it in an aggressive way. Aggressive way, an aggressive way. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So, audience, um, today I am doing an episode on fatherhood for Father's Day. And um, my guest today, we grew up in the same apartment complex in the same in the Thoroughsboro in Brooklyn. Um, you know, I chose him because even now as a an adult, a mature man, he was he always walked with a purpose when you saw him um growing up. And um, you know, he was actually one of my mother's favorite uh children that she admired growing up. We were neighbors. We, I lived upstairs from him. And uh she would always speak very highly when she saw him. She was um, that young man, he is so respectful. Um, you, you know, he's so mannable. His parents did such a good job. You know, she always spoke very highly of him. And um, we would always run into each other over the years. So um, we live in the same neighborhood. So I, I really wanted to, you know, when I, I made the decision to do a Father's Day episode, I, I wanted it to be him. Um, I watch him grow up as a young man and become, you know, a dad at a young age. And um, I just want him to share his um, upbringing and um, how he was able to navigate fatherhood um, 
my reason for choosing him is um, I've worked, I work in community outreach and support. And um, I run into many adults that, you know, they don't have to say it, but, um, you, you, you know, there's a missing piece, a missing link in their, um, you know, in their upbringing. And, you, you know, you know, I, I, I've had friends and, you, you know, co-workers, you know, that didn't have a relationship with their father. And, you know, they was like, I don't need to know him. Um, it's important that you know your history. So I want to introduce my guest. His name is Robert Eatman. As I said, we grew up together in Brooklyn. He is also the creator of his own business called Black Cotteen. And um, he will um, explain, you know, about his business, you know, what it is about, you know, the future of it. So um, without further ado, um, I would like for you to meet um, my guest for today, Robert Eatman. How you doing, Rob? Hey, hey, good. Uh, wow, like what an introduction. Um, I'm over here. Both of, both of my dimples are really deep right now. So um, um, I, I got a big Kool-Aid smile on my face. Um, it, it's, it's well, um, it, it's, it's, you know, it's everything that I said is true. It, you, you know, you've always been, you know, authentically you, unapologetically you, and you, you walked with a purpose, even at, as a teenager, 14, 15, 16 years old. And even seeing you on Wall Street, you always, you know, walk with a purpose. So um, I just I just wanted you to share your story. Wow. Um, well, first of all, first of all, thank you so much. And, and um, I'd like to uh, welcome your audience. And, um, and thank you. And I, I'm, I'm humbled um, to be um, selected to talk about um, what we're going to discuss, fatherhood, career mm -hmm. and all of those things. And yes. um, this purpose thing that um, Tia uh, is mentioning and 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 so for me um and I'll try to be as quick as possible but I, I'll no, take, take your time take your okay. time I'll, I'll take yes. I'll, you know um so so we lived in we grew up as middle class kids in a complex known as Sea Rising um in Coney Island Brooklyn yes um Coney Island Brooklyn is a bunch of buildings right it's a yes. it's a it's a peninsula Yes. Right. So, so like it's a real peninsula, and yeah. but well, a peninsula is a is a is a piece of land surrounded on three sides by water, and so, yeah. and so we had our own community, and and we grew up. Um, we had a very cool uh, childhood. Like yes. we would, we grew up middle class in a in, yes. in a in a housing complex, and we were surrounded by projects and other housing complex. And we said yes. housing complex meaning like it wasn't owned by the city. Absolutely. Right. Um, yes. Most of our most of our parents, we had single parents and we had uh, married parents living in yes. the complex sea rise. Twenty four floors, the best views you could ever have. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, and, um, you know, I'm going to discuss that a little later. But before I yeah. moved to Coney Island, most of the people that that moved in sea rise um, came from other parts of Brooklyn. Yes. Um, yes. And, and so. I was raised in uh, East New York, Brooklyn, 535 New Jersey Avenue. Okay. And I grew up in a house. 
Um, and in that house, on that block, um, I was the kid who played with worms. We had a backyard. I remember the breeze of uh, clean clothes being brought in from the clothing line after my mom, you know, washed them, right? Yeah. And so we lived in a, a railroad. Uh, our apartment was like a railroad apartment. Okay, in the okay, house. okay. And, yeah. so, and so, you know, the, the, the smell of pine, when my mom yes. would clean and all that stuff and the breeze from the trees that surrounded the house, it just provided a unique stimulant, um, yes. you know, and, you know, there was so many times where I would just close my eyes and just feel the breeze and just, you yeah. know, and, yes. and take it all in. Yes. So yes. Um, dur during my school years, I was a, uh, I was really drawn to the literature um, okay. You okay. know, I, I was an Edgar Allan Poe dude, like about 11 okay. years old. I was running around with Edgar Allan Poe, like, okay. you know, and, and um, you know, like Annabelle Lee and, um, you know, like okay. Annabelle Lee was, that was my poem. It was many, many years ago in the kingdom by the sea that lived the maiden whom you may know by the name okay. of Annabelle Lee. Like I knew these poems by heart. I composed, okay. a, I composed a book of them. Okay. I collected his poems and like, you know, that's, that was my thing. Um, okay. unfor unfortunately, at that time, I wasn't introduced to any African-American poets um, because of the educational system. Yes. So like I was, I was, you know, I was taught Robert Frost, Edgar Allan Poe and a couple yes. of others. Um, yes. But Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe really stood out to me for some reason, right? Okay. Um, okay. And, and, and I was the kid who in school, when they read, you know, you know, when you guys like, y'all remember how we would go around the room and read from the book, like we yes. read a story. Yes. Man, the, the yes. kids will always wait till it came around me because <laughs> I would, I would, I would naturally bring out all of the um, emotion and all of the yes. like. I would paint. I like I, the way the way I read it. The kids really, um, they liked it, it a lot. Yeah, they got so, into so, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes. that was a cool thing. So cool. early on. Early on, I had an inner voice. Early on, as long okay. as I can remember, I had this inner voice, this inner connection. And okay. um, fast fast forward to today. So before I moved from East New York to Brooklyn, um, I remember my older brother was a member of the Five Percenters, and he had a friend. Yeah. Okay. His friend, his friend, his name was Shatik, and he would come around every now and then. And one day he came around, and mm -hmm. it was something about him that intrigued me. Yes. And, you know, so back then, like, I think Quarterfields was in and got, yeah, you know, that, whatever style yeah. was in. But this dude, man, he just walked with a certain pride and certain, okay. you know, power. And he yes. looked at me one day and he said, do you know who you are? And I said, yeah, I know who I am. He's like, do you know who God is? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I said, God is all around us. He said, God yeah. is in you. You God. And then, like, the way he said it was such force, okay. it, just, it sparked something in me that yes. led me on a on a quest to have a deeper okay. understanding of the world around me and, and my okay. role in that world. Um, okay. And so, and then when we moved to Coney Island and um, I got what we know as knowledge itself about the age of 12 years old and began studying, you know, my lessons, studying the Bible, studying the Quran. And, yes. and that, that basically was my, my childhood. It was studying, studying, Going to school, playing the basketball, and talking to the ladies. So that was that. You know, that was my. Thing. <laughs> you know, just getting fly. You know, yes. and you know, so that that's how we grew up. And I, I where um she and I grew up at 
it was it was like a it was like a little Hollywood because all the other all the other people from all over Coney Island, when they came yes. to see Rise, they knew they were gonna see you know the like the gods, yes. the five percenters. They were gonna see the prettiest women. We had all yes. the, man. We had some bad yeah. ones up in there. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, so and it was, you know. It was dope. And boys too, and boys too. Yes, we did. Oh yeah, the men. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You have fly, yeah. fly dudes, and yes, you know. And it was just, it was really special. And and if anybody out there, if you talk to anybody that grew up in Sea Rise, we all have this same excitement about the way we grew up. We didn't realize it at the time, mm-hmm. but but certainly as we look back, we realized just how special it was and how unique, unique it was. So. Yes. Um, and, and as far as me being a gentleman and all of those things, um, that's, that was just in me. Like my, I guess I get that from my mom. My my mom was one of those, um, stand up straight, close your mouth, look like, you know, where you're going. So she would always don't be a follower, be a leader. And she just would drill that into me. And I guess, I guess as I began to mature and I began to see the world in a different way, um, those things came. And so people okay. gravitated towards my passion and my love for my people. I always had always, a, um, always had a, a love for our people. Like, I mean, and that's yes. why when I got knowledge itself, my mission was just to save, to save us, you know, just to move us out of this condition of ignorance and um, be, being mentally dumb, deaf and blind. And I took that to heart. And, um, and that's it. So the other part of the story, and I'll let her lead me into, you know, ask me any okay. questions that she may have. You can ask me any questions that you have. You, you know, as you said, you know, this unique uh, upbringing we had in Coney Island, Brooklyn, in the apartment complex, C-Rise, um, you know, as you said, the majority of us lived in other parts of Brooklyn where um, my family came from Harlem. And... Um, what I saw for the first time when we moved into Sea Rise were two parents in the household. Now there were quite a few single parents, um, but they didn't seem like I, I saw a lot of love and nurturing in those families, um, and I also saw the mothers, you know, doing it. Like, listen, I'm I'm getting up every day and I'm going to work, and um, you know, we were very manable, you, you know. Um, what I want to ask you is, um, as you said, you know, your mom raised you. Um, what about your dad? And I mean, well, what was his role? Well, you, you, know? you know, it's interesting that you say that. Um, unfortunately, um, well, my mom and dad, they were married and yes. um, they broke up. They separated. And um, that is, uh, well, yeah, they, they separated when I was young, but my mother, uh, so it didn't work. And she got a job at the, at the post office while we were living in East New York. And she was able to, um, that, that, that was her come up when she got that job at the post office. Yeah. Yes. That was a good job. And she, you know, she did a thing and she worked, um, she worked in the training area. And so, the, back then, when you moved into Sea Rise, when we moved in there, they had to come to where you were living to see how you yes. were living. Yes, absolutely. Move into Sea Rise, they wanted to see how you were taking care, taking care absolutely. of your surroundings. Absolutely. And, so, and I remember us having to clean up and do all of these yes. things, yes. make sure everything yes. was good. 
And, yes. you know, when so when we moved, so anyway, back to my father, my father, um, he and I didn't have much of a relationship. Um, he was completely different from, from, from who I was, um, okay. to be quite honest with you. And I'm coming up on June 30th will mark a year since he passed away. And okay. um, when he passed away last year, I discovered a lot about him. Okay. And I discovered that the reason why he was, one of the reasons why he was so uh, uncomfortable with the emotional side and just being a, a, a father was yes. because his father drank. And anybody okay. in the audience that knows about alcohol abuse, um, yeah. children respond to it differently. And yeah. his response was basically just to clamp up and, and just hold his emotions to himself. And my mm-hmm. as versus my uncle, his brother, who, yes. who who I guess his decision was he was going to be a great provider and make okay. sure that his family didn't go through what um what they went through. So um okay. each of each of his brothers, he had nine brothers and one sister. Okay. And so and so that's that's yeah. So my dad was around here and there, and okay. he really you know. So it wasn't a you know I didn't um, you know the the streets basically raised me like older dudes around me basically gave okay. me what I needed in terms of manhood. Okay, that that was going to be you know my next question. Um, you learn manhood, and um, I, I I would have to say that there there was something you know in you, um, your uncles and your mother that you you know was you know goodness and you were open to it you were able to take you know that goodness that that you got and and you you know help shape you as a man because you know you could have been resentful and but you weren't i mean i mean let me not assume were you resentful that well i I, okay so i think i think i really didn't have time to process okay how, okay. how i was feeling and the reason I why I didn't process any negative energy from that um, sadness, because obviously I felt sadness, you know, being yes. told he was going to show up, never show up, yes. and all of those things. It was never, like, it was never reinforced by my mom. My okay. mother, I never heard my mother um, ever say anything um, like, Yo, you're no good father. And she never said okay. that to me. She never did that to me. Good. The only time I heard them beefing is when he didn't show up and she would be on the phone you know, barking on him because he didn't show yes. up, that kind of thing. But yes. outside of that, she never engaged in any reinforcement of that mm-hmm. negative energy. Um, mm-hmm. And you got to remember, one of the things that helped me out, and I thought about this, you you know, I lived in, you know where I lived, like my apartment looked out into the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. Right? Yes. So, 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 you know, growing up, that was like my therapy, looking out into the ocean, seeing the ships go by, Okay. And it created it created a sense of wonderment, you know, okay. as opposed okay. to other parts of Coney Island where, you know, you, you know, you're in the projects or you're in buildings and all yes. you're seeing is just gray, you know, brick and all yes. that kind of stuff. And yes. um, that, you know, what I learned is it's important for children to be okay. exposed to to nature and to the elements around them. And so yeah. I think that 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 was like a cushion in terms of keeping my, my, my mind open, keeping my mind open. I get it. I I definitely, I I, I definitely understand. 
I Wait, let the people did. know. Like we we now we now when we like we had duplexes apart, duplexes yes. apartments. You we, know were what I mean? like, we were fancy. Yeah, we were fancy. Yes, yeah, like, you know yeah, I have yeah, to have the community. Yes, yes, I have to let the audience know. Like we we lived in an elevated building. Um, that was the first time for me and my family to live in a building that was you know had an elevator. You know we we grew up in a tenement building and in brownstone. So to move into a building where it was more than, you you know, two families living in and, you know, you lived on a floor with more than 10 apartments on it was, was you know, um, a big deal for us. It was different. And our apartment was duplex. You know, we um, either, you know, your living room was upstairs, you know, when you came into the apartment or your living room was, you know, right there when you came in the bedrooms were downstairs. And like you said, we looked out into the Atlantic Ocean. We had a great view of the Verrazano Bridge. You know, we had those mm-hmm. huge windows that yep, split yep. open. And when we, when you got off the elevator, you walk. Our walkway was a balcony. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's it was right. a balcony. And and then we lived blocks away from Coney Island Boardwalk, the beach. That's and, right. That's and, right. Yeah, and, that, that is correct. Yeah, the amusement park was our playground. So, you know, we, we didn't have a bad childhood. You, you, you know, we didn't. It, it all depends true. how you look at it. And, true. you know, so you, thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah. And so, um, as I said, you were one of my mother's favorites. I have to keep reiterating that, you know, because my mm-hmm. mom is um, battling um, early Alzheimer's dementia. and dementia. Yeah. Um, yeah, my, so, well, my father did. My father did as well. Okay, so you, you know, you know, so it comes and goes. She remembers, you know, some things, and mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I just remember, you know, you and your sister and, and brother, um, and as you said, you know, the the streets, you know, the older. Um, our elders, the older men, you know, even if whether they were five years older, That's 15 right. years older, 10 years older, you know, our generation, we had that. And and we respected our elders. That's another thing. We were t- taught to respect our elders. And um, so, you know, you shared with me about, you know, your childhood, your upbringing, and then you became a dad. I mean... Oh. <laughs> yeah, then you became. Then you became. That's a funny story. That's yes, funny story. then and then you became a dad, and yeah. um, you you know I I just, I, and 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 as I said, the reason why I chose you to interview be because I see a lot of young women and and young brothers, um, on social media, you know, even in the neighborhood, um that, you, you know, there is a disconnect between us and them. And I know that they they go to social media. And, you know, I, I just want you to share your story, to let them know, listen, I felt this way when you, you felt that, you know, I felt the same way. And, you, you know, how you handled it. So, well, you know, I, I, yes. okay. Well, first of all, if I'm to be honest, right? So, yes, what I, yes. so what the audience doesn't know, um you can you can go to um my IG. It's Dupreen Dupreen the God T H E G O D and it's D U P R E M E um the T H E 
G-O-D, Dupreme the God. And yes. so if you go there, you can see um, there's a, a, a post uh, from, I think, in April when I was featured um, as part of an installation by famed photographer Jamel Shabazz. And I, yes. was, holding, I was holding my, uh, my newborn child, uh, Ebby, um, yes. and the picture was taken downtown Brooklyn. And yes. when I look at that picture and I realized like that I was 19 in that picture, like 19 years old, yeah. it's, it, 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 it's, it's mind boggling because it's yeah. like, wow, like, and you compare it to like a 19 year old today, it's just it's yeah. a testament to that I was always, and I tell people like, I was always the way I am. Like before yes. I Instagram, social media, I was always this always, way. Always, always. And, and and so you know what happened is I'm gonna tell you because you know I was I was a ladies man you know okay. and um <laughs> I, yeah I was definitely a ladies man and like my whole clique like all of us like we back then it was like that's when like you know guys used to really you know court women as yes. opposed to trying to be too cool and all of that Absolutely. and it was it was it was just a different time and as you stated we just had a lot of respect for our elders. And Absolutely. Older people, are, older people are always pass jewels to us, like you know. Yes. Um, I'm I'm very fortunate for that. So yeah. what happened is, what happened? I'm gonna keep it a buck. <laughs> I gotta keep okay. it a buck. Okay. Okay. So 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 me and my friend Justice, you remember Justice who passed yes. away, yes. right? That's my yes. brother. So yes. to those who don't know, Justice lived across the street in Grazing Projects, and yes. he was like an unofficial Sea Rise. You know, yes, affiliate. Yes, you know. Yes, he he was like, yeah, that was our boy. That's that's my brother. Like I love yeah, him. And may and, he rest and, in peace. May he rest in peace. So yeah. what happened is he and I, we was in my house one day, <laughs> and we was just talking about like the girls, like you know the girls that we wanted to bag and get with yes. and all of that, right? Yes. And and I don't know how it happened, but I think um, my daughter's mother came up, Jilla. Yes and, yes. and, and, you know, so Jilla came up and none of us had, you know, nobody really talked to her because she was basically, her dad always kept her in the house. Like she yes. wasn't, she wasn't out and about, but she was very pretty and she had yes. very, um, very curly, like pretty yes. hair and she like her yes. complexion. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and so I was like, and so we was like, all right, who's going to, who's going to get with her first? And, you know, I'm a very, yes. very, very, very competitive individual. Yes. Um, and so I was like, nah, I'm, I'm, nah, I'm gonna make her my girl first. And yes. so I, you know, that's how I, I, and I went for it. You know, once I saw yes. her, I just kicked my game, and I courted her. And um, you know, next thing you know, we had a baby. And wow. um, and it was, I'm like, what? You pregnant? So I didn't have a child. Yeah. Like, you know, I hate to say this, my intent was not to have a baby at that age yes. at all. That wasn't my intent. Yes. Yes. So, but she, she, you know, so when her pregnancy um, occurred, because back then I don't even think I ever got like the birds and the bees like talk. I never got that okay. talk. Okay. Okay. And so, and so, um, so anyway, so she, she gets pregnant and, um, you know, and then from there, I just automatically went into dad mode. And what a lot of people don't, what a lot of people don't know is that her father was totally like upset. And yes. he kicked her. He kicked her out. He okay. kicked her out of the house, and she okay. showed up in my apartment. And she came and she lived with us. My mother took her in, 
And, you know, I just became like, not only was I a dad, but I became like responsible. Like I had an Insta family, like right there. Yes, right there. And and so during her pregnancy, I remember taking her downtown Brooklyn, um, you know, to get her, uh, what is it, maternity clothes and all that kind of stuff. And, And, you know, and I would always just dress her and make sure she was good. And, you know, I took care of her because I was yeah. like one of the only working dudes at that time. I had just started Absolutely. working in, on Wall Street. Okay. And so okay. that was that. That was that was that was how the pregnancy very, happened. Very and responsible. Very responsible. That was, you know, wonderful. That was wonderful. I mean, I I, I think that you you know, um, she probably would say, "Wow, um, yo, he stepped up," and that's not everybody's story. That's not every woman's story, no. So, you know, and as a woman, we we remember stuff like that. I mean, if if you are a smart woman, if you if you are emotionally mature, you 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 know, um, you can remember even if it didn't work out, you can say, yo, you know, this this man did this this and this for me. So um, my mother taught me that. that. I think she would say that. Yes, yes, yes. My my mother would would you know she taught us that, but yo. This, this is the qualities you look for in a man. So um, that was very responsible. And you you handled your responsibility like a, a mature adult. You know, um, not only are you a dad, but you're also a granddad. You, yes, you I know, I, and, and I mean, how do you feel about that? Man, let yeah. me tell you guys something. Let me tell y'all <laughs> something, man. Like, let's be clear, right? So, so it's, it's so funny because, you know, um, being a young dad, I would be in scenarios like, you know, um, so the other side to that story, her mom and I, because we young, we 19 yes. years old, so we broke up years later, yes. and so I would, I would, you know, so when we broke up, um, you know, even before we, yeah, when we broke up and I would go pick up my daughter and everything, like, mm-hmm. people used to think she was my little sister, you know, oh. it was just always a crazy scenario. Like, you know, okay. it was nobody thought that that was my daughter. And, oh. you know, when she got older, like when she was around seven or whatever, people just really couldn't believe that that was my daughter and yeah. that I was a dad. So I experienced a lot of that. And so what oh. happens is, what happens is, so now let me tell y'all, man, like, <laughs> listen, man, I don't care what nobody say, man, no cap, like real talk. Yes. You know, Last year, I went out to D. My daughter lives in, and and okay. she and her husband have a mixed family, so they have five okay. children. So okay. it's it's three boys and two girls. But check it, okay. do you know? Everyone says the little boys look like me. Yeah, I can't tell y'all. Last year, I had the joy, I had the joy of seeing my seven year old grandson ride yes. a bike for the first time. Ride a bike, like literally. When I got there, I I charged him. I said, "Before I leave, I want you to ride that bike." And you know, y'all gotta understand. And and man, look, real talk. Yes. Helping him take off the training wheels on the bike, right? Like from from handling the tools to taking it off. Yes. Yes. And I made everybody move away from him, and he listened to my words. And he he balanced himself and he figured it out. And to see your grandson ride a bike for the first freaking time, you can't beat that shit, man. You can't even beat that. And then and then and then and then and then a couple of weeks later, I watched, you know, I watched my my nine-year-old 
he turned double digits. He turned to 10. So oh. it, was, it was really, it was really big. And so if you see on my Instagram, you'll see a, a, a video of us because I worked them boys out. Like, you know, we yes. do push-ups. Like I'm like a military guy with them. <laughs> so you'll see on there, you'll see my two grandsons along with their friend, because he's real okay. light. So he okay. looks different. You could tell, yeah, that's okay. the friend. Okay. And, 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 and so, you know, being a grandfather, and I have a biological granddaughter as well. Okay. Um, okay. From you know, all from my daughter, and yes. they, and 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 then the two, the other two kids, I consider my grandkids as well. Good. Good. But to be around these children, and every time I go there, we we make um the whole our whole thing is grits, biscuits, and fish, and okay. I go and I now now y'all know. You know, fish, you fish and grits, you're supposed to get that whiting, you know, right? Yes. That crust. I get yes. these little damn kids, I get the they get flounder, you know what wow. I mean? <laughs> yeah, so 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 I'm, I they ain't getting flounder next trip, we're gonna get some regular whiting. So, they, so, they get flounder, they don't get yeah, hey, yeah, you know, they, they can't appreciate the best it. For the best. <laughs> yeah, they can't even appreciate it. So, and halibut, like who gets halibut? Halibut as, as a, a youth. You, you yeah. know, and they're That's not expensive. buying it. <laughs> yeah, halibut. So anyway, so, yes. so you know, I, I try to create experiences for them and give them lessons so yes. that, you know, they may not understand it now, but we all know one day they will have to apply these lessons that they're getting, right? Absolutely. But man, ain't nothing in the world. I don't care, no fancy car, no, no flossing. All that stuff is garbage. When you yes. have, when you pass down a legacy, when you yeah. could sit there and see your DNA and know that your DNA is on this earth and, and, and you're experiencing the life of that DNA, man, yes. shit, man. Man, that shit, yeah. it brings me to tears, literally, just even thinking about it. Generation. Yeah. And like, they'll be, yeah, they'll be looking at me sometimes, like, when, you know, when we're driving and they, you know, they could see the emotion in my face. And yes. it's just, it's so overwhelming and, and they sharp. So, yeah, so I enjoy being a grandfather. Oh, that's um, wonderful. That's the bottom line. Kareem, let, let me ask you, what advice would you give these young brothers out here? I mean, um, as you notice, you know, here in New York City, um, since the pandemic, um, crime is on an uptick. And, oh. you know, we, we live through oh, the- Oh, let's talk about it. Yes, okay. we we, we uh, lived through the 80s, you, you know, and um, we were in famine, but now, you know, then we went through, you know, the crack epidemic mm -hmm. in the 90s and 2000, mm -hmm. and then, you know, the city went through a regentrification, you, you know, um, every community, you know, except except Bensonhurst. I, I've been through Bensonhurst, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's still the same. Bensonhurst, Bay Ridge, still the same. Um, that's, that's true. Yeah, still the same. No, no gentrification. None. Midwood, no gentrification. And um, what you know, I, I I look at these young brothers, and you, you know, you can tell that they, you, you know, they just grew up. They they weren't raised, and yeah. Um, they, yeah. they're struggling with manhood and and they joining gangs and and it's yeah. it's it's like there, there's no leadership in them that like yeah. when i look at them i don't i don't think they see their greatness so yeah. i mean what would you tell a, a, I, a I, 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 
I, I, I would say this, like, before I, before I give any, before I comment on what I would tell anybody, I just want to okay. revisit, like, how we got here, right? Yes. Um, yeah. You know, uh, uh, so, yeah, we were, like, the last generation of, um, you know, the term, it takes a village to raise, it takes yes. a village, right? Yes. Because all of our grand, all of our parents used to sit outside, mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, when you played and everything, you knew the parents were around and Absolutely. everybody was keeping an eye on the kids and the teenagers and everything. We weren't perfect, but there was a level of a village around us. It was a level of respect. And so what, what happened is, you know, the crack era came and decimated our 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 communities yes. because, yes. you know, um, you know, everybody, everybody got strung out and all the girls that had the nice bodies and. You yeah, know, the the -donk donks and all that, all yes. that went away. They they got yes. shriveled up, and I mean, it was a scary time because um, that came along with violence, you know. Yes. And people were people were making a lot of money, and you know, like you couldn't even wear your sheepskin or any jewelry unless like you knew somebody or you was official. You know, mm -hmm. she was gonna get that robbed. So yeah. um, that that whole crack epidemic had a had a dramatic effect, and I, I don't think we really you know that began um that began the downward spiral um uh, that that we really yeah the family unit and, and we never okay. really recovered and that coupled with you know before that in the 70s mothers being told that they couldn't have a man around yeah. to get their benefits right so it was the just heroin I mean, epidemic. the heroin yeah, epidemic the heroin epidemic everybody yes. leaning and so yes. I think I think this what we're seeing now is the result of so many things, right? Besides 9-11, besides 9-11 yeah. happening, I would say this. I think this new legion of young people from 2009, we had what was known as the um, and I'm a, I'm just gonna talk about yes. this. This goes into my financial services background. Yes. But yes. 2009, 2010, we had the what, what was called the Great Recession, right? Yes. Where, yes. where you know, a lot of layoffs occurred, and we had um uh, President Obama in office at that time. Yes. And so what happened is, you had the financial crisis, the global financial crisis occur, and a yes. lot of the people who got laid off never recovered in the sense that. Now, instead of working at a job and making enough money to take care of their families, um, the parents had to take two and three jobs and get paid much less, yes. and their time was taken away from the family. And that was also the advent of social media, right? So yes. social media and all of that came into play. So while the parents are out working and trying to make it and, and, and pay the bills, the kids are now being raised by the entertainment industry, right? Became yes. more influential and along with the advent of social media and that whole thing. So that created a great disconnect because now yes. parents are coming home. They're too tired to, you know, to discipline the kids, to do what they should be doing as parents. And so you had a, a group of kids that, that came out of that. And then they became parents and they, and they carried on that same nonchalant. I won't say nonchalant, but they, they became parents and they didn't have the skills or understanding of how important it was um, to be disciplined and, and to teach yes. our children in a certain way. So agree. here we, so here we, here we are now. And what I realized, I saw a clip and it bothered me the other day. I'm going to tell you about this clip I saw. Okay. But okay. So now we're, we're bombarded with so much freaking um, um, distraction. Everybody, 
is convinced that in order to um, be validated, you have to have money, you have to have this, you have to have that, ah, 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 ah. And, yes. and by any means necessary and and that you and it is all about you and like we've gotten so self-centered yes that we no longer have our power because we're separated yes um and, and i would say this i would say this to answer your question i think immediately we need a cessation of consuming um low-minded frequency low-minded and what i mean by that low-minded content in any shape, form, or fashion, television, music, social media, um, any we need to discontinue supporting um, artists who make this kind of music, right? That that lowers the frequency and lowers the bar. I, would I, saw, I saw a young man recently on June 1st shooting at another young man. He runs away, and the audience may have seen this clip. Y'all gotta check it out. It's on the gram. And yeah. He's licking off with this kid. He looking yes. off at, at this other youth and the youth, the young dude runs and he like runs over two little girls. And he's like, I, I don't know. Yes. Did you see that clip? I just saw it on the news this evening. Let me yes. tell you something. Yes. Let me tell you something. There's so many things wrong with that clip. First of all, those two little girls out there yeah. unattended. Right. And then yes. the way and, and the kid that was shooting, he had no freaking regard for children. Done. He just continually shot. Yes. And I said to myself today, and I, I hit up uh, some key people that I yes. deal with, and I said, yo, man, we got to change this shit. Like, this is yes. ridiculous. Yes. So now it's time for all these people on CNN, yes. all these yes. brothers and all these highly yes. educated individuals and community leaders. Well, yes. I won't say community. All these people that are on freaking CNN and all these yes. other stations pontificating yes. and sounding real. My question to them is, what is your connection with young people? It's, yeah. it's good that you can get on TV and talk about the problem and all of that, but you are not penetrating the young people. Absolutely. I'm out here with young people. I'm out here shaping young minds. I'm out here dropping signs to these little youngsters and kicking yes. it in their ear and, and, and helping them change their narrative. Yes. Right? And so yes. that's what we need. What we need across this nation in North America, yes. what we need, what we need, we need the OGs, we need the sisters, we need all of those of us who have the ability to connect with young people, yes. to connect with young people. Young people. Um, I would agree. I would that, agree. That, that, that's what it's all about. And and, yes. and my brand, my brand, Black Cotton, C-O-T-T-E-N, somebody yes. else had, somebody had the other spelling, so I had to yes. do the E, right? Yes. So, yes. so what Black Cotton is, Black Cotton pays homage those who came before us, including those who gave their free labor to this country. It also yes. celebrates the creatives today who are having a positive impact on our community. Yes. And, and thirdly, we are owning our narratives. We are owning our narratives by telling our stories, yes. sharing our stories, and controlling our narrative. And, and that's what the we, brand represents. Okay. Okay. The and brand we, represents. And more now, I mean, in, in our lifetime, it's more Black business owners than I've ever seen in our yeah. lifetime. Yeah, ever. that's true. And 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 that's the, the good side to social media. That's oh, the, yeah, that's, absolutely. That's, that's, the good side. that's the good side to social media. May um, I say something? May yeah, say something sure, sure, sure. Like, like, people have a tendency to go, oh, social media, social media. 
stop. It's not yes. the technology. It's not the technology. Technology no. is a beautiful thing. Yes, it's it the is. mentality and what yes. people do with the technology. Absolutely. That is that is it. It ain't like it ain't just like when you say social media. No, it's the people who people. have these platforms. Yes. What frequencies you choose. Like these days, it ain't no more. It's all one now. They call it the new reality. That's the yeah. term um, your audience should look up. It's called the new reality. Right? Okay. And it's the convergence. It's the convergence of your real life and your social media um, output. So yeah. you posting content that's crazy. That's indicative of the frequency that you tuned into. Absolutely. Period. I agree. What you watch, what you listen to, what you yeah. read. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Who who you surround yourself with? You're absolutely right. You know that's why mom, I don't follow certain people. I don't. I don't absolutely. like. I, if I see somebody post or whatever, I block them. Absolutely. You know, we grew up where our elders told us, "Listen, the way you conduct yourself outside in the world is a reflection on how I raised you." My mother, my mother always told us that. My grandparents always told us that. So how you carry yourself out there, that's a reflection on us. Like how do we raise you? What you know? What values did we give you? You know, um, your manners. So you, you know, me and you both see them. Um, you, you know, the youth. You, you know, they they get on the bus. They 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 sit in the seats that are for seniors. They don't want to get up. They, you know, there's grown men that are on the train and they see a woman that's pregnant or not. They won't get up. So, you know, it's how they were raised. Um, and, you know, and I'm going to pose this question to you again. Mm -hmm. um, what do you tell? Um, and, and, you know, a man can raise a man. So what do you tell a 13-year-old where, you know, father has never been in his life, a, 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 a 18, a 19-year-old, because you became a dad at 19, and, and you know, that, that's in a gang, or a 25-year-old, you well, know, that's in a gang. What, what do you tell them about, you know, you know, about, you know, where they are now and what they can expect, you, you know? I, I, mm -hmm. Okay, I, I would say this. As you know, I used to do C-Rise Day. Yes. Right? So yes. to those in the audience that don't know, in C-Rise, we would have C-Rise Day. And I think I did it for like maybe four years. It was a day okay. where everybody came out. We bought yes. food. Yes. You know, we food, have to like do the that. whole community. Yes, we have to bring yeah. that back. Yes. Definitely. So yeah, we got to have a reunion. But yes. what, I would say, what, I, what I would say is what I learned doing that was that a lot of times I would um, ask parents to help me. And they yes. would always... They would always say, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. Yes. I said, I started telling them, look, you're going to have to make time sooner or later. So you might as well, you know, like you're going to have to make time to go fill out a police report when somebody um, knocks you upside the head. You're going to wow. have to take out time to go to the morgue to identify that body. Right. You're going to have to make time. So why don't you make the time right now while these children are this young so that when they get older, and they and they start wilding out and doing what teenagers do. You have currency. You can Absolutely. leverage the memories and the, and, the, and 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 what you did for them when they were young to bring Absolutely. them back to center. And I think that's the problem. I think a lot of us haven't built relationships with young people, and so yeah. when the young people begin to you know do what they do, 
there's yeah. no there's no connection. They don't have any connectivity. And then you come at them and you talking to them any type of way. They don't know you. They don't have no memories of you. They don't know you love them, right? So I, I, I would say this. Before they get that old, we have to start communicating with them at very young ages. And for the older ones that are old, I mean, in my, in my experience doing this type of work, these yes. kids can tell real, they can tell real people. They can tell people that's yes. talking to them with love. They can, yes. they just can really tell. Some of them are lost and they will never come back because they've yeah. been so, so spoiled um, or whatever. So, you know, um, but I think, and it sounds corny, but you got to approach it with love. You yes. know, you have to, because those two boys that was, that boy that was shooting at the other one, yes. that clip that we mentioned, the yes. only thing, I'm like, oh my God, like he yes. is so focused on killing yes. another person yes. with, yes. with no, no like, regard, no regard. What, what in the hell? Yeah. What, what occurred? Like, all I'm saying yes. is, see, what, 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 what a lot of white people like to do, what this society likes to do is this. Mm-hmm. When, it, when crack came around, they wanted to enforce laws, they wanted tougher laws. When opioids affected white America, um, um, white America wanted programs, they wanted compassion, you know, they wanted to apply a different solution. When it comes to our young black men, it's Mm -hmm. always more punishment, stiffer stiffer penalties, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I I think the proliferation of guns in, in, in the past few years is direct result of the pandemic where people were able to stack up money and people were okay. making money and then they were able to buy guns. Okay. Okay. That's why you have so many guns out here because there was a lot of money out here and not all of us were starting businesses. A lot of us was just basically allowing guns to come into the community. And this okay. is what we have. This is a chaos. So what do okay. we do? Step one, reach out to these young people. If okay. you have a child audience, any children, even if whether it's your kids or whether you know kids in the neighborhood, begin investing. Get freaking creative. Say, hey, you know, get a few, four kids together, three kids together and say, hey, guys, I mean, check with their parents, of course. Say, hey, guys, I'm doing this today. Why don't y'all come on? Let's go do this. Start doing activities and you'll be surprised at how much power comes from that. Yeah. That's what I would yeah. say. Get involved, man. Get okay. involved. Okay. It, absolutely. I, I would agree. You know, when we came up, like I said, we, we had a we had a community center. We had the amusement park. We That's had true. we had summer youth, you know, and we had um extended families, aunts, uncles, great aunts and you know, uncles, grandparents. Um, so we had that. And like you said, we have to get involved. Um, I would agree that you you know, outside of you know, my nieces and nephews, you, you know, um, I should be more involved, you know, with children. So, um, yeah, yeah, that, that's a, that's a good answer. That's yeah, whatever. Answer. If y'all got, yeah, if you got a boyfriend or girlfriend, if you're dating a boyfriend or girlfriend and they got nieces yeah. and nephews and you're building relationships, yes. you got opportunity right there, man. We, yeah. we all have an opportunity. We all have an opportunity to um, have a positive impact on young people's lives. We yes. all have an opportunity. And so what we do with it 
is is you know is, is you know we gotta value what power we have. Absolutely. You got every every connectivity. Every everybody knows young people. You yes. Know? And so it's got to be bigger than you know putting Gucci on them and making them yes. look cute and buying them Jordans and all that nonsense, yes. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You, know, you know, ask them how they're doing. You know, yes. I have I have a nonprofit called um, It Takes a Village, and the yes. slogan is it's um, it's embrace, empower. Um, and engage, you know, and that's what we have to do. We have, we, we have to, we have to embrace them first of all. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by embracing them, hear their freaking stories, listen yes. to them, listen yes. to them first. And then yes. when you listen to them, you will know how to connect with them. You will know exactly how to connect with them. And then okay. you, then you embrace them, right? You embrace them and then you begin to empower them. Because you show them ways that, like, you know, these kids got all kind of different interests. So when you begin to point them in directions where they can further their interests and their gifts and their talent, that's how you empower them. Because they know that there's a bigger picture. You know, that's how you do it. Wonderful. I think think that's excellent. Now, uh, you know, you're a girl, Dad. You know, that's the, you know, the Mm -hmm. new term since the late mm-hmm. Brian passed away. Um, how would you have fathered differently if you had a son? Oh, my God. I think, wow. So my, my, my mantra for my daughter growing up was don't put any process in your hair. Like, this is crazy. Yes. I tell everybody around, don't, don't, don't straighten their hair. Like, I was, I was very, very adamant about not okay. having her hair get, like, screwed up from processing. Okay. Okay. I was very adamant about um, her diet. I was very okay. adamant about, and I'm going to get to the sun side. I was very adamant about those kind of things. Yes. And I would, right. And I always like her to be a lady. Like, you know, yes. you may not notice, but there was times where I would go pick my daughter up in Harlem where she okay. was living. And okay. I didn't like how she was dressed. And I would just go right to the gap and <laughs> buy her a whole new, like, seriously, I would say, t- because, you know, it, it looked crazy that I go pick okay. her up, I'm dressed how, how I dress, and yeah. nobody on the outside looking in, they would think that I was some kind of derelict dad, okay. you know, you coming all flying, your kid looking crazy, yeah. so I, I would do stuff like that, I, and I always encourage her, you know, to, you know, be a lady and things yeah. of that nature, so my son, I think my son would probably be raised the way I was. I think young men immediately have to understand discipline. They have to understand um they have to understand how to how to think. Right? Yes. They have to understand that they are leaders. They have to understand like they gotta understand this and, and I, I do this with my grandsons. Okay. You know, it, it has to be a continued nurturing of them in a way where they understand that, hey, you need to be accountable for what you do and you are going to be called upon to protect your family. Okay. And and so I I would say that's how I would raise my son because if you do this kind of work, like this kind of work got to start when they're like three years old, four years old, five years old, you got to do it then. Then. You got to start it then because that's that's where the mindset comes. So as they get older, they're going to be kids and do dumb things or whatever the case may be. But 
there will be a level of respect. When I walk in the room, my grandkids straighten up. When I come around, all that plain ye, all that shit stops. Stops. And then we, we yeah, I want to know what's going on, what y'all doing, da, da, da. And then slowly but surely, they get on my damn nerve. But, <laughs> like, you know, you got to let kids be kids. But yeah. they know when it's time to be serious, they yeah. know how to turn up. And then from them, from them respecting you, yes. they will respect others. And you have to prepare them how to deal with others, others. the police, et cetera, et cetera. I had to have that happen. And I'll and I land my plane. I had to have a conversation with them about George Floyd. And I told them if an officer comes, because I've been through it, I said, yes. you make sure that you look at the officer in his face, you tell him your name, you tell him who your parents are, and you stay calm. And I told him, I said, don't worry, we will get, we will find you. I told him, I said, you don't worry, we will find, we will be there. And you gotta let these kids know, I'll find, like we're coming, your family is here for you. Don't yeah. panic, don't get upset, we're gonna find you. I, I would, um, I, I have to, you know, agree with what you're saying because my mother always told me and my siblings, she said, I will go through fire for you three. You know, she always, she always told us that. So I always, you know, when I out into the world, you, you know, I had confidence and I had nurturing and I know that, you, you know, listen, you people, you, 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 I'm not worried about you doing anything to me. Cause my mother gonna come after you, <laughs> you know. So right, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, respectful, like you said, respectful. Respect yourself and respect others. And like you told your, you know, your grandchildren, we gonna find you. And my mother was we the same. Find you. Yes, my mother, you know, the same way when we were growing up. And um, you know, I, 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 I think you, you know, you answered, you know, my questions about you know, fatherhood and, and, and manhood. Um, I, you know, and I'm going to let you talk about your business. Um, my question to you, like you said, you mentioned that video, you know, up in the Bronx, you know, and um, oh, I was in the Bronx. Yes, it was in the Bronx. They're very, they're very lawless up there in the Bronx. I know. I know. <laughs> very lawless. I know. I got every time I go to the Bronx, if I, I was dating a girl, I go up to a on the Bronx. And it was a whole different animal up there, man. Because the way situated for those that don't know, like when you go to the Bronx, first of all, everybody knows everybody. They know who belongs on the block, who's new, who's a visitor. Yes. Because the yes. way it's structured. So yes. I would walk down there and I'm like, all right, they could tell I'm new. And yes. you know, these guys up there, and I'm a grown man. Yeah. And you know, they're gonna size you up. Absolutely. And, you know, you get sized up very easily in the BX. And, yeah. um, yeah, I've gotten into some situations in the Bronx. You know, shout out to all my BX folks. <laughs> you know it's, it's a, like you said, it's a whole different animal up there. Yeah, they're, they're lawless up there. They they got they, they own rules, you know, yeah, other than, yeah. the, you know, besides the rest of the, the, the city. Um. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know what I what would you say to those two young men? You know the shooter and and the you, you know the victim. You know, because... I, I, yeah, I, I think I think that that clip can be used as a teachable clip. Yes. I think I think I think 
you know, I I would get a group of young people and sit down with them and say, come on, man, let, let's talk. Because I work for an organization called, or rather, I write for an organization. I do ghost writing for an organization called Wheelchairs Against Gun Violence. Okay. Um, uh, WAG, W-A-G. You can look it up okay. on uh, on IG, Wheelchairs Against yes, Gun Violence. Yes. WAG, W-A-G is the uh, acronym. And so in, in that work, we teach children, uh, uh, we give them uh, de-escalation tools and conflict resolution tools. Sure. And, you know, they go from school, you know, you go from school to school and we're, 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 we're our target audience um, um, are the most vulnerable and the ones that's most prone to be exposed to that type of thing. Um, and my friend uh, Kareem, who's in a wheelchair as a result of gun violence, um, you know, he's the perfect living example of what gun violence can do. Um, and and I, I would say, I think, you know, that's something like right now, if I had, you know, all the kids around me, I literally would show that clip to them and help them realize, like, you know, I would ask them questions. How do you feel when you look at this? What's your thought? And I, I think that the consensus would be that that shit is wild. Like that shit, that like, that's what we doing? Yeah. That's what we doing? And y'all yeah. talking about some Juneteenth and all, you know, it's a holiday. Yeah. I'm like, yo, I'm not even trying to hear all of that. Yes, absolutely. I would, I would agree. I would, I would agree. I would definitely, I would definitely agree. Um, mm. I, you, you know, since mm. you, you know, you talked about, you know, our upbringing, you, you know, um, fatherhood, uh, grandfatherhood, um, you know, I, I want you to tell the audience about, you know, your businesses, you know, that you have going on. Okay. You know, okay. How, okay. how a, a mature man as yourself, you know, how you navigated this city, we're not even going to talk about the, you know, the rest of the United States, just this mm-hmm. city and how it influenced you, um, you know, to be, mm. uh, you know, a business owner. Well, so, I, okay. I've always had, like, I've had a million businesses, right? All my life, I've always had an idea, a million ideas, and this, that, yeah. and the third. And, you know, and I go through my old paperwork at my mom's house. And I look at like all the business cards and the ideas and stuff like that, right? So yeah. what you see today is the result of like a lot of a lot of I won't even say failure, but a lot of attempts to, to yes. birth something. Um so currently I have um, you know, like after after I left Wall Street, after I really got out of financial services, um I I I realized that corporate really wasn't for me because I was more of a creative. Who okay. just happened to have got twenty years out of financial services? You yeah. know what I mean. <laughs> so, 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 but, um, so being an entrepreneur is a very lonely journey. That's the first thing. It's a very, very, very lonely, lonely journey, and okay. you know, it, 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 it's a lot of isolation because you, you know, you, you have to be so focused at a yeah. high level for a long period of time, day in and day out. And you yes. and you have to take that time out to really um, know your vision, right? Yes. And, and and manifest your vision. Um, so I mean that that's a hell of a work ethic to have that. Yes. Um, so um, I would say um, 
you know, you would never hear me use the words like I'm a boss. I never talk like that, like, because it ain't about being a boss. It's about creating, it's about creating a business whereby people, people purchase your goods and or services because they see value in it. Yes. Right. And um, so, so for me, I have two, I have two businesses um, and, you know, I'm a regular entrepreneur, I'm a working man. Yes. And the first business, uh, the, I have a business called Perception Pantheon. Okay. And Perception Pantheon is a, basically, it's a collective, it's a think tank, which focuses on what's known as the last digital mile. And the last digital mile for my techies out there is the convergence of all technology, artificial okay. intelligence, uh, the internet of things, uh, you know, anything technology related and what we do is we explore the last digital mile and look at the cognitive uh aspect of how humans process it because you come up with new languages new groups new clicks new everything and so what the company aims to do is create proprietary products and offer companies an insight on how to continually communicate with their targeted audience right okay. Okay. so that's perception pantheon now the other company i have is called black cotton and i think i spoke about it earlier and black cotton um i launched i launched the website in march so it's been okay. about three months and that captures basically everything that i'm about and, and, if, um, and if you could spell it again because you know everybody. yeah it's yeah yes. it's, it's yeah the website is black cotton mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. C O C O T T E N T T E N right mm -hmm. dot com. So it's just regular blackcotton.com and you mm -hmm. can get to the IG and all of that from there. On on IG is black cotton underscore. Um on IG. I'm on all channels, Clubhouse, Twitter, uh, you know, my the digital okay. footprint is out there. So um yeah, and and or you can DM me as well. Um, if you if you have you know uh, if you want to buy a product or you want further information if you want to join the team and help me build this thing, um, I'll say this: I'm building the company very organically, and um, I want people, I want every black person in America to have a black cotton uh, okay. uh, t-shirt or hat. I want every every person in America to have some, and I want people to feel proud when they wear it. Like yes. people can wear all these designer clothes that, that really don't give you no value. This yes. is this is something that comes, you know, from my heart and from my yes. mind and yes. from my effort. And, yes. and I, 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 you know, we seek to bring quality things to the marketplace. It's about being fly. Yes. And ultimately, ultimately, we want to, you know, we want to tell our narratives. We want to pay homage. We want to do all those things. And we do it with the universal language of fashion. That's a universal language. Fashion and style is a universal language. Yes. Yes. So, you know, yeah. so the Black Cotton brand represents you. We represent yes. you. We represent everyone in your audience. We represent you. It's a collective of us. So when you wear that crown, when you wear that Black Cotton, you, go, you, know, you stand up straight, walk right, feel good yes. about yourself. 
We are yes. not associated. We are not associated with any other organizations, any other political organizations. Okay. Um, we are. We are who we are. We are Black Cotton. <clears throat> so, yeah. So when you think when you think about um quality, when you think about dope experiences that you're having with your family, um during the holidays or whatever reunions, that's a Black Cotton moment. Yes. You know when you when you when you when you're achieving um a goal. Um, and you're experiencing success, that's a black cotton moment. And so that's what black cotton is about. It's about us. And and our our, our slogan is own your narrative. Own your narrative, yes. Own your narrative. That's a good one. That's that's a good one. Well, Preem, um, you know, I wanna, you know, wrap this wrap this up. Good. I want you to, you know, part some wisdom on, you know, young parents, not only young parents, parents, period, you, you know, okay. men, you know, who are new fathers, or even if they're, you know, their children are teenagers or grown, um, and maybe there's something that they didn't know. If you can, you know, leave some jewels, that would be right. great. All right, I, I'll say this. Um, you know, we 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 have now a new holiday to celebrate Juneteenth, yes. which is the day the Emancipation Proclamation was signed in 1862. 62. No, 62, and it took effect in 1863. And in eight, and in 1865, two years later, uh, a general in Texas. Uh, 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 from order number three, made uh, informed the pe- the people in Texas that they was no longer slaves, basically, right? Yeah, yeah, right. So, I w- I would say this: the potency of the soil determines the growth of the seed. I'm gonna say that again. That's my say phrase. That's my phrase. Say, say That's my phrase. And, and please elaborate on that, okay? Yeah, and, when, and, and when you guys say it or repeat it, please just give me my props and just that's of my point of frame. Of course. The, the, the potency of the soil determines the growth of the seed. The more potent the soil is, the better the seed is going to grow. We are the soil. Yes. We are the soil. Those who are in a position, those who have platforms, those who can um, relate to young people, we are the soil. And to turn this thing around, to bring about change, meaningful change, we have work to do. There's no freaking quick fix. There's no leader that's going to come out of the clear blue. Like This is a collective effort that, that, that results from a collective mindset. And our collective mindset has to be about making sure our children have the tools they need to communicate with each other so that they can come together and do things, right? So no matter what, if we're doing this right, my child can play with your child, my child can build with your child because we're instilling in them the same mantra, the same mindset. So when they come together, they have that likely, they, they, they have the same mindset. You know, and so that that that's a, that's the one jewel um, that I will leave, and and I will say, you know, begin, stop processing 
this this crazy content. Stop tuning into these frequencies, man. Stop tuning into these low-minded frequencies. You know, we celebrating music. We celebrating male rappers and female rappers that talk about how much sex they get, how much Amen. money they got, and dot dot dot. And and we're bobbing our heads to it. But the frequency is 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 causing our children to murder each other. Yeah, I would so agree. That that's what I would say. The potency of the soil determines the growth of the seed. Be accountable. Well, thank you so much for those jewels, those words of wisdom. Oh, you're I welcome. Wanna, I want to thank you again for granting me this interview. Um, you. and you didn't disappoint. I knew you oh, wouldn't. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I you, knew you, you got it out of me. You got it out of me. <laughs> well, I'm glad I did. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you agreed to do this interview with me. Um, I think, you know, a lot of youth are going to appreciate this. And even, you know, seasoned um, men, you know, mature men. And, and I think that they would appreciate it and, and they will take away um, some jewels and some wisdom um, from your interview with me. And I hope this is not the last interview. No, oh, this no, no. I mean, <laughs> yeah, whatever you branch off with, I'm rocking with you. I'm, I'm going to follow your lead. Um, please give them the website to okay. your business again. Okay, the website is I'm not going to say WW because that, okay. like, y'all know it's yeah. WW, Everybody right? Knows that. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, like, I hear people say it. I'm like, all righty. But anyway, the <laughs> website is, it's real simple. Yes. Black Cotton, C-O-T-T-E-N. That's Charlie, Oscar, Tom, Tom, Edward, Nancy. It's important that you guys know it's C-O-T-T-E-N, blackcotton.com. Perfect. That's it. Yeah, Perfect. that's it. Cream, thank you again. Thank you so thank much. You and um, love you. And we'll love talk you. soon. Yes, and happy Father's Day. Happy thank Father's you. Day to my audience, too. Happy I'll Father's Day to all the dads. Okay. All and, right, thank um, you. I will send you the edited version. Okay. Okay, cool. Thank, thank you so here. much. All right, and take care. Peace. All right, all right, peace.